Good morning, everyone. Um, our first scripture reading is going to come from Genesis chapter 9. Verses 8 through 17. And God said to Noah and his sons with him, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me, you, and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters again shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between me, excuse me, covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Then our second reading comes from Hebrew, chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> Therefore, since we have been surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping, our, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not given your lives in your after all, you have not given your lives in your struggle against sin. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, I've been around here six months and I finally made it up to the big place right here, huh? <laughs> Keep an eye on Sarah. If she starts to get a little faint, you'll know. She'll be like, good Lord, what did we invite up here? For those of you that are uh, on Zoom, welcome. We hope that... Uh, you are going to hear something that you'll come back, or if you anything else, come visit us. And for those of you that joined us in the sanctuary today, we're so glad that you're here. I know it means a lot to me. I, um, I am. For those of you that don't know, my name is Robin. I spell it with a Y, and that's because we like you. And um, I am, I am one week out of finishing my third week in or third year in seminary. Um, I told Sarah this morning, now, yeah, <laughs> Jesus take the wheel. Um, this sermon, uh, I had to share it with um, my seminary and classmates, and that's a difficult task, or at least it was for me. First off, 
Um, it's hard to do things on Zoom. It's hard to get up on the inside when you're looking at people that are two inches up on screen. Um, I'm a people person. Um, and I need to see faces. And I need to see, uh, yeah, I just need to see people. I, 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 I love community. I understand why people have to be in. Um, but I'm really glad for those of you that showed up today. Um, I, um, this, this sermon, um, geez, this was a train wreck, guys. Um, I am, this, 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 so, <laughs> the class is called homiletics, and I thought, yeah, what time we talked about preaching, you know, all this other stuff we've been doing in seminary, and, um, he says, you know, pick a couple of passages of scripture. Now, this was about six weeks ago. Now, you know, I, I picked rainbows because I like rainbows, you know. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about a month late, you know, with the month, month of pride. But, you know, I love talking about that. was always one of my favorite stories in the Bible, too, as a child. You know, God hitting the reset button, flooding the earth, you know, and then there's just a couple people that make it, you know. That's like a good sci-fi movie that my mother introduced me to. You know, but... Um, it came time to like prepare this literature, you know, and from a theological standpoint. And Dr. Hartsfield, um, who is a reverend and a very studied Hebrew scripture man, um, he's very quiet. He is very loving, but he scares me. And if he hears this ever, it'll be after I get my grade. Um, <laughs> he says to me after I gave my my sermon to my classmates, which that's difficult too, you know, when you're giving it to a bunch of people that are studying God's word, um, that was, that's tough for me. So he tells me after, you know, because I picked this, I actually only picked three verses because that was all we were allowed to do, which is tough, you know, to pick three verses, but you know, he said to me afterwards, he goes, you know, the book of Genesis, especially chapter 9, it's not preached on a lot. It's studied a lot, but it's not preached on a lot. He goes, I was wondering what you were going to do with it. And I thought, good Lord, you know, because this is the material I'm going to use at 4th Street when Sarah said, hey, I'm going on vacation. Can you fill in? Sure. You know, and I always said, sure. So now you know a background of why we are where we're at. But, you know, like I told you in the beginning, I always liked the story, you know, because for me, talking about rainbows, and seriously, like I asked the kids, it was always about beautiful colors, the story represented hope, it had a nice fluffy ending, right? Well, mm, it, didn't, it, it didn't end up this way. Um, and I'm going to share with you what I mean, um, and in my struggles. Um, being on this seminary journey. You know, a lot of you that have met me um, or have had a chance to talk to me, I like to laugh, I like to be loud, um, and uh, I, I, I like to bring positive, you know, those hopeful things. I like to be an encourager. Um, but right now, um, I kind of had to preach to myself on this sermon um, because I've been struggling. Maybe that's part of this seminarian journey, is kind of hitting a wall. Um, you know, in 2019, when I felt this call, the same call, 
you know, I got this, you know, some people may think it's, it's a little crazy, but, you know, Jesus talks to me. At least that's what I think. And uh, I remember in 2019 when I kept hearing this still small voice, it was the same voice that um, said, hey, you're going to be a mom. And I said, no, I'm not. You know, I'm 37. You know, the eggs are drying up, for lack of a better word, you know. That ain't in my path. And long story short, at the age of 40, I became a mom to a, the coolest kid that has made me a better person in the world. And that's my son, Daniel, that graduated high school this year. But that same voice that asked me to do, you know, trust God on that journey um, and through the process of adoption is the same God that came and visited me and said, remember when you used to line up all your Barbies and your... Back in the day, I hated that uh, it was a head. You, you moms that are older might remember, or you girls that are my age, we had this head and you'd style its hair. I didn't want nothing to do with any of that. But I'd line all these dolls up in my room and I'd preach to them because, <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first, people. And I'd scream at them a lot too because I came up in a Baptist tradition. So, yeah, if I see any of your tonsils, you're going to get, ha! <laughs> so I'm just warning you. If I see any tonsils, that's what's coming. But um, so I would preach in my room to my dogs. So you know, um, a same voice that I felt that calling, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Sure. You know, life was good. And again, that was 2019. I started seminary, and lo and behold, I didn't know my mom would be dead in four months. And a week after that, my dad, who had dementia, would be moving into my house. And then two months after that, COVID hit, and we all know how that went. So, that's just, I mean, everybody's got their struggles, you know, through the last couple years. But that's just, you know, somehow you think when you say yes to Jesus that you're going to have this shield of protection. And somewhere along the lines on this seminary journey, I've gotten stuck in my feelings instead of looking at the promises. So that's where this sermon's going to go. The rainbow did represent hope for me. You know, um, like John Calvin said, you know, it's not that the rainbow never, uh, that it just all of a sudden magically appeared, but John Calvin says in his um, one of his commentaries that it's the first time that God just selected to use this celestial ark as his way of saying, this is my promise. Because as the story goes, you know, we're only nine chapters into this Torah, this book of the Bible. You know, and by chapter six, we've already got sin, really bad stuff going on. And all of a sudden, we've got Noah finding favor with God, you know, and getting called to build a boat. Build a boat for rain that they were told never had rain. Water came up from the earth, never came out of the sky. But we got this guy building this boat. And while there's no floods taking place today, um, for me, flood can represent a, a mirage of things. For me, um, what's going on ecologically, what's going on from person to person with people of color, with women's rights, with a whole bunch of things. There's a lot of floods, okay? A lot of floods going on. Our biblical narrative uh, tells us how the flood was sent by God to deal with sin. And 
somehow God needed to kind of like hit a reset button. And at the end of that, he's going to put a sign in the sky and not allow a flood to destroy creation again. This is where I hit that struggle. I struggle as a Christian, as a person of a theology, as a woman, as a mom, as a mother, and as a person within this presbytery. I keep asking myself, um, how am I supposed to answer people's questions when countries like the Ukraine are getting turned upside down right now? How am I supposed to answer people's questions when I saw my kid? <clears throat> I didn't know what it was like to, you know, talk about African-American young people. But I do know what it's like. My son's from Guatemala. And when I saw those little babies um, on May 24th in Uvalde, Texas, um, I saw my kid and for a moment. I knew what it was like to be the mother of an African-American child. <clears throat> then on my birthday this year, July 4th, we all know what happened in Highland Park. You know, seven kids are wounded, or seven people are killed, 47 are wounded. And then just last week, you know, I came in to turn on the TV just for a second to see what the weather was going to do. And I see we lost another police officer, Lauren Quartz, um, doing his job. And I think, there may not be a flood, but where are you, you know? I'm just saying, for me, this is where I'm at. You know, I can't be one of these people that comes up to this pulpit and says a bunch of things if I'm not feeling it right now. This is what I'm feeling. I am struggling. But it's in preparation of this sermon, this sermon to my, my theology comrades and to you. You know, I look at Noah and I go, okay, okay. I can be Noah for a minute. Let's just switch this now. You know, hmm. He's gonna build a boat. God asked him to build a boat. Took him 120 years. I'm feeling like theology and classes are going to take me 120 years, but here we are. And I thought, I get this, I get this, and you know, okay, no rain, okay. Mm. And not only that, you know, God asked him, I, I, I know what it's like, because if you want to lose some friends, tell them you're in recovery. You want to lose some more friends, tell them you're in seminary. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, they drop like flies. What? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, I can imagine what it's like to be Noah out there cutting trees down, hauling them in, you know, and they don't have any of the luxuries that we have today, but him and his family are working tirelessly building a boat, and people walking past, hey, Noah, what you doing? We're building a boat. Oh. What's a boat? What are you building a boat out here for? Did anybody tell you we're 100 miles away from the nearest body of water? Well, God told me to build a boat. Yeah. That goes over about as well as me going, God asked me to go into seminary. Oh, God speaks to you. Yep. Yeah, he sure does. Okay. So, you know, then, then we've got Noah and his family boarding the boat with a bunch of wildlife. You guys know the story, too. I do. Here they come. And uh, 
I have trouble getting in my car with two dogs and a cat to go camping. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine the smell and the rhetoric. I, you know, we don't hear about what was going on between those walls, but I'm sure there was some chaos. But you know, more than anything, um, Noah, a, a part of the story that kind of really like, it hit my heart. Um, and, and I never thought about it before. But you know, there had to be a lot of fear getting in the boat, having God shut them up. But then there had to be a lot of fear when you've seen the rain, you've seen the storms, and then God says, hey, we're gonna get off the boat now. I, I find that hard, you know. That would be troublesome to step out of the boat of all the uncertainties, and that's where I feel like this is going. I think it would be safe to say that Noah obeyed God even when it was odd. I think I'm going to make a t-shirt, you know, obey God even when it's odd. Um, that could be catchy. Um, you know, regardless of the circumstances, Noah trusted in God. And I think that's where I find myself standing. And, and maybe if you have something going on in your life individually, as a person or in your family, whether it be a health situation, a job situation, or just something you struggle with or you're wrestling with God. Um, what I know is our earth will still experience floods, but I know God will never judge the earth again. The promise of his faithfulness can remind us that though individually we may experience personal losses and personal death and physical death on this earth, God bolstered us with his love and his presence throughout the difficulties we face. Um, there's a guy I really admire, and I'm gonna close with this. Uh, it's a story from um, almost 60 years ago. Martin Luther King Jr. was in the midst of the Montgomery, Alabama bus The bus boycotted, and uh, one night the phone rang at his house, and the caller said, you know, the N-word. We're tired of you, and you're a mess now. If you're not out of this town in three days, we're going to blow up you, and your house, and everybody in it. Shaken by that threat and that ugly voice, Martin Luther sat down to his kitchen table and poured himself some coffee, and sitting at the table, he prayed. Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. I think it's right. I think the cause we represent is right. But Lord, I gotta confess, I'm weak now. I'm faltering and I'm losing my courage. King said he felt an inner voice say, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness, stand up for justice, and stand up for truth. And lo, I will be with you, even until the end of the world. You see, God said, I will remember my covenant. God's covenant stands forever. There may be judgments, there may be tragedy, there may be catastrophes, but nothing will destroy all of creation again. God changed God's over God changed God's over God changed God's own mind over the course of time. We didn't do anything. 
But for the sake of salvation, God changed his mind. And for that, I'm grateful. Thank you, guys.